raise the importance of a good VO2 resting or VO2 max score in relation to health span and longevity. What I really love about, uh, there are a lot of things I love about Dr. Freeman's presentation, and I'm going to piggyback on a little bit of it. Um, before we get to VO2, let's talk about a couple other things. Well, I'm all into learning. I have a podcast. I interview many, many best-selling authors and doctors and neurologists. And one thing uh, I'll just say here is, and I won't go into explanation, it's a whole nother presentation, but extreme focus, hyper-focus, and writing things down with a pen or pencil and paper rather than typing. It's going to help your brain learn more. So you want to create as much brain activity as possible. So take notes. And anyone who wants this presentation is welcome to have it. Uh, my contact will be at the end. Um, uh, following, kind of like following what Dr. Freeman talked about, which I really, really love, lifespan versus health span, okay? That's a picture of a person on the way down, okay? Well, I deal a lot with movement disorders, Parkinson's especially, but you know, a lot, we do a lot of movement, memory, and cognitive therapy and restoration here. The good news is we can do it in almost every case, in all three areas, because um, we want people to live long. I think most people would like to live long and healthy and then die quickly. Sounds morbid, I mean, you don't want to be dying over a long period of time, right? Where you're immobile, poor quality of life. So uh, avoiding falls is something that my population is, we're highly cognizant of because the risk of falling for anybody as they age will increase statistically. Everything I'll say in this presentation also is a generalization, but generally speaking, that's what happens. So there are correlations, just a side note here, there are correlations between muscle mass and longevity, grip, strength, and longevity, movement and longevity. The more we, the more muscle mass we have, the stronger our grip is, the more we keep moving, we tend to have a long, longer life and a greater health span within the life. Rather than the word, the phrase lifespan, I like to use the word health span within the lifespan, okay? There's a thing that Dr. Peter Atia, he's an MD, very, if you look him up, you'll see he's everywhere. Got a great podcast. He wrote one of my favorite books that came out this year called Outlive. Basically takes you through the aging process from birth till death. Uh, he talks about this thing we call the death spiral. We know that statistically, again, muscle mass tends to diminish as we age. That alone can compromise balance. Therefore, fall risk increases and so do falls. There's a femur study. The study goes like this, which if you want any of this, I can send you all the uh, relevant research uh, separate afterwards if you reach out to me. For people age 65 and up who break a femur, statistically one year later, half of them are dead. And the other half, most of them are not back to where they were before they broke their femur. Bones become more brittle as we age. We wanna stay out of the death spiral, All right? So 
just think about what Dr. Freeman said and what a great job she's doing out there in Michigan with reducing fall risk. Okay, I, I just love that. Can't say enough good about it. So muscle fibers, we, we also happen to know, and this is going to get into VO2 max stuff in a minute, but there's a relationship here because the better you move, the higher your VO2 max score can be. That's probably going to help you live longer. Okay, so we have two types of muscle fibers. We have the type one slow twitch. Those would be things that get you through a long walk, an endurance event, marathon, running, bicycling, etc. We also have type two, which are fast twitch. Those are, let's say, a high output, low endurance, things like box jumps, burpees, sprints, 100 yard dash. These these particular muscle fibers get less oxygen. They also get less blood flow, uh, which causes the less oxygen. Okay, so they're the first ones to, well, they're going to tire quickly. They're the first to diminish in capabilities as we age. And because they're highly correlated with balance, as they diminish as we age, and I say diminish in capabilities because maybe we haven't been training them, fall risk and falls increase. Well, we want to stay out of that. Okay, so there's a thing that we have here. I took out the photos because I just want to get right to VO2, but bottom line is the mechanical action of resistance training and maximal osteogenic loading, which I'll talk about in a minute, trigger the chemical reaction of estrogen, estrogen to produce uh, and let's say production to increase bone density, I'm sorry, and bone mass. Soft bone tissue, the trabecular bone, is the first to go as we age. We know that we can regenerate this, though. We can actually reverse most of the time. Again, a generalization. We can reverse, to some degree, osteopenia and osteoporosis. We do it all the time here. DEXA scans improve. T scores and Z scores improve over time. And uh, here's how we go about it. When we're training to increase bone density and type two muscle fiber strength, it just happens to be that the same type of training really helps them the most, both of them. Resistance training or full range of motion, resistance training, free weights, body weight, machines, suspension training, et cetera, like TRX. Um, that's a great way because your muscle, you do want to go through a complete range of motion with your muscle uh, in exercises because that's a good thing to do. However, we can also concentrate, which we do here with every person we work with, no matter what age, no matter what condition, level of mobility, level of strength, or no matter what goals, we also do isometric training. Now, it depends on how you do it. For example, you may be on a uh, leg extension or a chest press where you're doing one rep and you go through the range of motion until you feel the target muscle for the respective exercise engaged at its fullest engagement and then hold. Research shows us that a hold of more than 60 seconds probably won't do too much additional benefit. Uh, definitely two minutes and over, two minutes is the max. Maybe it's just 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds, but you're doing one hold for a period of time. 
because this helps to target those type 2 muscle fibers. All right, another way is to do uh, isometric training on a machine we have here, which is uh, very rare to find anywhere in the world, which allows, it's called biodensity. They're out of Chicago, and it just so happens that this machine allows completely safely, no injury, that the risk of injury on this is almost zero. Whereas if you're on a machine uh, like a leg press or leg extension chest press, I mean, there is always a higher risk of injury there because of uh, compensating muscles and joints that may be, let's say, at risk, cartilage wear down, anything like that. When we're able to maximal load osteogenically and produce, let's say, a thousand pounds on a chest press, we have people who do that on a daily basis, or 500 pounds, 600 pounds, 2,000 pounds on a leg press. They only hold five seconds. We might do three reps. But this extreme loading of force, and it's all based on the seat position and the angle of flexion of the respective joint for the respective exercise. Chest press will be elbow. Leg press is going to be knee and hip extension. We find the approximate uh, best flexion, 120, 130 degrees. Boom, they hit it, they load, but they're, not, they're only trying to push something away from them or pull something down or whatever. The machine's not moving, but they're still producing maximal force, helping to load through muscles and tendon to produce estrogen to create trabecular soft tissue. And their type two fibers are getting a huge workout. Other things that will help us with bone density are walking, running, jumping, et cetera. Vibration therapy with something like a full-size power plate where you stand, you can do all kinds of ex uh, exercises, it's fantastic. So how does that work in the VO2? Well, if you're able to move better, you're able to move better. You're able to, chances are, if you're moving better, you've probably been breathing somewhat better. Well, this is where we, we want to improve our type 2 muscle strength, our, our endurance. We want to improve as much as we can. We want to have the ability to balance well, minimize or do, let's say, just minimize our fall risk so that we can do a moving VO2 max test to see what our score is because a resting VO2, as a lot of people didn't know, and I was one of them until earlier this year, you can do a resting VO2 test. This is 10 minutes of testing with a mask on, like the person on the upper. And you get all these metrics, that, and we're going to go over the metrics in a minute to tell about your state of health in many different areas. So VO2 max test is where you're moving treadmill, rowing machine, uh, stationary bicycle, or assault bike. However, they choose to do the test, uh, let's say the max test, we know that the max test score is the single best indicator of your overall state of health. This takes a picture, a snapshot of the inside of your body like nothing else can. It's also the number one best predictor of your longevity. So let's go in and talk about it for a minute. We can measure with clinical precision with our device here that we use, our, our person's aerobic health, cardiovascular fitness, metabolic efficiency, fat burn efficiency, respiratory capability, and a number of other things. In fact, we're going to go through some real life um, examples here. 
with two test results from a single person who we work with. So I've brought this up. I want to show you what you can gain from knowledge you'll receive from a test. And then why is so relevant for the person and let's say the therapist or the trainer or maybe even the doctor um, who, who can, let's say, suggest intervention strategies to improve various scores, right? So when we, when we look at this person, we're looking at the resting test, I believe. I want to make sure I have the right test up here. I want to be resting first. Yes, resting VO2 max test. We see that the overview shows us that this person, a 70-year-old male, with no history of uh, heart problems, no neurological or anything like that. A clean bill of health from his cardiologist recently. You can see that is um, the percentage, by the way. I'm going ADD for a minute because that's just what I do. The uh, percentage you see is the percentage with respect to the person's age and what is expected of a person at that age of that gender and height and weight. So 75% on resting metabolic. Fat burn efficiency. We can see all the scores coming all the way down. Rather than read these to you, let's go over. Let's skip a few things because I can cover that separate. Each of these individually. We can see that a rest amount running must I'm sorry, I'm having trouble talking. Resting metabolic um, score. We see for each category of each of these things what it is and how it's measured. All right. We can also see what recommendations there are to improve for this particular person. I'm taking my cursor over here. We're looking at this person hasn't lifted weights in about five years. COVID kicked in. He stayed home. He worked out of home and office, but he didn't do much. There wasn't training or anything. So he needs to do more resistance training, build muscle to raise that metabolic rate. Interval training is going to be imperative. He'll be here later today. We do a lot of resistance. They're going to every third or fourth exercise. We're throwing in battle ropes or boxing or jumping on the trampoline. Anything to get into a zone five training. Uh, heart rate training zone because that's going to help in other areas. Okay, for example, much like my fat burn efficiency recently at 40%, his is 37. Well, I hadn't been lifting in about three months. He hadn't lifted in a long time. So he and I both needed to do endurance training, zone five. I'm sorry, zone two, right? That's the primary suggestion for an intervention exercise wise to improve this fat burn efficiency score. Interval training again. That's going to help us and so is resistance, but it's in the order here for this respective score. We're going to go concentrate endurance interval then resistance, but we factor it all together and you see at the end how it suggests we combine everything and break up the workouts. So I could talk about each one of these, but I don't want to take too much time. It's not really necessary, but metabolic fitness is an average of the first two. So this is neutral. Well, we know that resistance interval and endurance is going to help. 
we know that for heart fitness, which is good, um, we can intervene with some things and it suggests the order. And as you can see, also we have nutrition suggestions and lifestyle suggestions for each category as well. Lung fitness in his case, perfect, beautiful. Breathing, cognition relative to breathing. Well, this is very interesting because almost all of us, uh, whether we're aware of it or not, and we're probably not if we have a good score. My score was real good too, like 89 or something. His is better than mine. We, if, if we're not at 100%, it means that during our exercise or during our rest, in this case, this is a resting test, we are actually very, very, very slightly hyperventilating. This means that oxygen is taken away from the brain to deliver more to the body because we're hyperventilating. So if that's the case, this reduces, in his case, very, very slightly, the ability to process information and think and go through thought processes uh, just by even just sitting and breathing because this is a resting test. We've had other people come in, excellent, excellent health, who are in the severe limitation in the red zone, 13%, 15%. There's a, so their breathing is off and we can go through and work with them on breathing techniques to help them to improve that, improve their cognition and deliver oxygen more frequent, um, efficiently. Because remember a VO2 test has to do with the body's ability to take in oxygen and exchange it for energy, we want to use how how well does your body produce energy from the oxygen you breathe, and how well is it delivered and put to use? Posture, there's a relationship between posture and breathing. The worse our posture, chances are the lower our breathing score is. Okay, so we know that he does have a metabolic risk here, which is higher than a lot of people. So it's going to suggest to us. Again, an overall summary of resistance first, interval next. I'm sorry, um, endurance training first. Very sorry, I, my eyes are not working. Resistance next, interval. That's where we're going to concentrate our time. And it will even go to the point of a moving test telling us how to break it down. Uh, we're going to go over the macronutrient in the next test because I'd like to get right over to this gentleman's particular. From a moving test, that was a resting we just looked at. Moving test is going to tell us things like. You'll see these scores are different. When he's moving, things change. His aerobic capacity is limited, as is his cardiovascular fitness, metabolic rate, fat burn, not too bad, but neutral. Recovery, great. When he gets done, his recovery is great. Here's an example, though, of breathing in relation to cognition and that he has a limitation here. So when he's moving, there's much more hyperventilating going on than when he is resting. Uh, breathing and posture or stability, though, that's pretty good. All right, so these are things we can use to help us with an intervention strategy. This also gives an indication of biological age. Now, his calendar age is 70. This says that his biological age is that of a 77-year-old. Well, he's not too happy about this. He's very committed to his exercise, and I'm telling you, I've never seen anyone put in the work like this guy. 
So I look forward to working with them and we're going through all the things that were suggested, which I'll show you at the very end. Again, aerobic capacity, what is it? How is it measured? We have exercise suggestions for intervention, nutrition, lifestyle to help improve it. So when your aerobic capacity is at risk, we know that you must do interval training, zone five heart rate training, to help to improve this score, followed by endurance, zone two. And then we also have resistance training, build some muscle. Cardiovascular fitness, again, what is it? How is it measured? How do we intervene? And people, all this information later, I just want to talk about um, just kind of overall, without too much detail, the importance of a good VO2 max score. His fat burn efficiency, not bad, but it could be better. So we're going to do more of that zone five. We're going to do more interval training and, of course, resistance. Same here. Here, that's looking good, but when all the other numbers go up, all the other numbers will go up, if that makes sense. This one here, we really spend a lot of time in uh, endurance training. He, he does on his own. We don't do it here as much because I want to maximize his time doing resistance and interval. But he's committed and he's doing the, we're seeing results already with uh, weight loss, um, particularly fat burn, fat loss. And this is like a month ago, this test. So we'll retest in two months end of October, probably, or mid-October, because we really want to work on this, this especially. So we're also going through breathing exercises, mindful breathing. Even while you're moving around, you can be doing anything and still be uh, cognizant of how you're inspiring and expiring. Okay, and then the last one, of course, is posture and stability is pretty good when he's moving. He did this on a rowing machine. So now we're going to look at... Uh, I'm almost to the end, by the way. So I think I have two more slides after this, or three at the most. We're going to look at the overall training program with suggested intervention, okay? This zone two cardiovascular training is very important for really for all of us for a number of reasons, particularly for endurance, cardiorespiratory fitness, for fat burn efficiency and fat burn and longevity, all right? He's gonna spend a small amount of time, I should say the smallest amount of time in resistance training, but he's doing it here three hours a week, not quite three hours a week, probably 40 minutes, three times per week. And then we're doing interval training the other time uh, for the rest of the time that he's here, all right? But we have a nice breakdown. We also have for his weight loss goals, a uh, nutrition, suggestion on what to do right this just tells some other metrics here training program it's going to say what his particular zones are now remember the 220 minus your age is one formula that's i'll just say it's just okay if you're in a pinch and you want to find out what's my max heart rate take the number 220 and minus your age from it and that's 100 percent. okay i'm 62 so what's the math my max is probably one 58, right? So for him at 70, his is going to be 150, except that's that formula based on 
the data from the VO2 max test and a 77 year old uh, biological age, that number has to come down. The 220 minus your age is not relevant. So his zone five is going to be more in the 117 to 127 category. If he goes to 150, he goes total anaerobic and it's just, it's not a waste of time, probably no damage done. But if he did that all the time, there, there could be some uh, health consequences possibly. His zone two is low, so is mine, but that's where we want to be. It's individualized data. Again, these tests are just amazing to help us intervene. All right, so let's um, get out of this and go back to here, and then I'll be happy to take questions if there are any. So we're back to here now from current slide. We're looking at this, and we're going into, um, let's just recap everything. Got to go back again, Dr. Freeman. Thank you. I love what you talked about. I wish I hope the whole world hears it, and I appreciate being here, able to share what I'm sharing. Thank you, uh, Mr. VJ, for have, inviting me again to another conference. Um, all of this is so highly relevant and important. Your body's ability to exchange oxygen for energy is so relevant to your longevity. Your volume oxygen max score refers to the maximum rate at which your muscles can extract oxygen from your blood and put it to metabolic use to generate energy. Your VO2 max is often used as an indicator of overall cardiorespiratory fitness and can serve as a metric for traffic, tracking progress. And this is like, we do this with everybody, they don't have a choice. That wording comes from Dr. Peter Atia. One more slide. If we simply bring our VO2 max from low, bottom 25th percentile score to below average, which is 25 to 50th percentile, this associates with a 50% reduction in all-cause mortality. That is mind-blowing to me. And when you go from low to above average, the risk reduction is closer to 70%. So a VO2, high VO2 score max correlates with longevity and quality of life because, again, we want to live long and healthy and die quickly. These, this is a chart that shows um, optimal scores based uh, by gender and age. So um, again, I'll, I'll leave this on. I'll, I'll just say this, training zones, you can find them anywhere. Just remember that you're not, you need to know your zone based on your VO2 max, 220 minus your age is maybe not the right zone for you. Because mine would come out at like 115 to 123 or something like that for zone two, where mine is actually based on my results is 93 to 105. It's hard for me to keep it that that low when I'm bicycling, so I just walk fast and then I'm okay. I'm usually at 103, 105. So um, back to this though, important information for scoring on VO2. Uh, Carlstern.com, that's my site. I wrote two books, those are the books. If you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, thank you again for giving me this opportunity to be with this wonderful group. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Carl, for your valuable presentation, and it's very interesting.
Uh, is anyone having questions? If you have any questions, you can uh, reach us at his email address or you may contact him through Facebook. Yeah, just uh, send me yeah. a note off my site, carlsterling.com. That's Carl with a K. Um, I usually answer fairly quickly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carl.